Eternal Health, episode number 27. Listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach. Looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free five-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show. Hi there, it's Laura Rimmer. Welcome back to another episode of Eternal Health. This week is called Alkaline 5 Diet Addendum, What I Would Change About My Book. So I wrote the book, The Alkaline 5 Diet, a few years ago, and this is an addendum. So if you've got a copy of my book, or if you plan on buying my book, then this is what I would add. If I was to go back to my publisher and ask them to do a second edit, a second edition, or a rewrite, or if I could add something in, this would be it. So rather than going through that whole process, I may well do that in the future, I don't know. But this is an add-on, so it's the addendum to my book, The Alkaline 5 Diet. So before we get into that, just to say, I've had a really enjoyable week, um, quite a lot of work going on, and it's I tell you what, it's nice to see some better weather here in the UK, and that has brought out a lot of birds, so I've had a lot of birds hanging around our garden this week, which has been really lovely. My husband's dad made us a bird table and so we've put that out in our back garden and it's really nice to see the, we've had a wood pigeon coming down every day, we've got starlings and sparrows, loads of sparrows, blue tits, they're my favourite, really cute little blue tits. What else have we had? Um, Oh, a big seagull descended into our garden the other day and almost knocked over the bird table. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's lovely to see the birds outside. And in our front garden, because there's we've got kind of thistles in the front garden the goldfinches are back which are so lovely they're so pretty little goldfinches aren't they and also I'm budgie sitting again so my little sweet little friend budgie is back but I've put him outside in the kitchen because he makes too much noise when I'm recording these podcasts Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, then I would encourage you to go and do that when you've listened to this one, because it was all about episode number 26, all about type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes and metabolic syndrome. So the causes, symptoms and diet associated with and the diet that you want to be following to avoid those things. As I mentioned in that podcast, a huge amount of people are walking around with pre-diabetes and metabolic syndrome, which are the precursors to type 2 diabetes and are unaware of it. And that's a time bomb. Within five years, it's it's been shown in evidence-based research that if left unchecked, that will result in full-blown type 2 diabetes so go and listen to that it's an important episode important topic um, that I discuss so this episode episode number 27 as I say is about my book the alkaline 5 diet and is an addendum to that book so the title is what I would change about my book so I wrote this book the alkaline 5 diet in 2013 and it was published all around the world by publisher Hay House 
in 2015. It came out on Easter Day 2015 and it's all about embracing more alkaline forming foods to work in harmony with your body's blood alkalinity. So it's about cutting down on harmful toxins, things like sugar, vegetable oils, refined and processed foods, chemical laden foods, GMOs and with a focus on eating chlorophyll rich leafy greens lots of vegetables and other fiber rich foods so that book has um it's helped a lot of people i've got some great testimonials both written and in-person testimonials and video testimonials from people saying that it's reversed their high blood pressure they followed this diet and it's reversed high blood pressure given them more mental clarity resulted in easy weight loss so people regularly message me and say i've lost 10 pounds i've lost 15 pounds one lady i worked with and uh, coached her through the principles of this diet lost 45 pounds um, another woman i worked with got rid of her acne following this diet it results in huge amounts of energy if you follow it for do the 21 days and things like great sleep as well you can you can have by following this diet so i apply there's a seven point framework for optimum health and healing in this book that i wrote and i apply that framework in my own life every day as far as i can i try to follow the principles of this framework every single day and i absolutely think that they stand and they're good maxims to be living our life by and I've been coaching on that seven point framework for 10 years and having great results with my coaching clients. So I followed this way of eating outlined in the Alkaline 5 diet and it's called the Alkaline 5 diet because there are five main meals that I promote that we eat each day in the book. I followed this way of eating for around eight years and myself, I got great results. But here's the thing, I wrote this book when I was doing a lot of marathons. So between 2013 and 14, I ran 12 marathons and also that included two ultra marathon distances, one ultra marathon race of 32 miles. So I was doing a lot of training, a lot of cardiovascular endurance work, running hours and hours at a time. And obviously this shaped my outlook and it shaped what I was writing in that book as well. So five years on, I now have the hindsight of firstly having feedback from lots and lots of people around the world and what they say about how they find following the diet, number one. Number two, I have the perspective of been doing this myself for a long time but also now I've taken a real step back in my endurance training I'm no longer at this point in time running lots of marathons and things so I'm able to see what the diet does to us and or does to me as someone who exercises moderately as opposed to excessively <laughs> I also have five years of extra research knowledge speaking to doctors, reading materials and just growth in my own practice and my own research knowledge. And so with all this in mind, there are a few key changes that I would make to the, the protocol in the Alkaline 5 diet. So let me outline to you exactly what I would change about what I've said in the book, The Alkaline 5 Diet, bearing all things in mind. So the fact that it's still got a lot of great principles in it, but there are a few tweaks and changes that I would make that um, if you have a copy of the book or plan to get a copy of the book, I would bear these things in mind. 
So firstly, I say that you can do this diet for 21 days or 21 years. And in the book, there is a 21 day meal plan. Now doing this for that three week period is great. And I would say absolutely, if you follow that plan for 21 days, then that is a great way to detox your body, to cleanse, to reset things, to reset your digestion. And many people will thrive following that 21 day diet. However, I would not say to follow this exact plan for 21 years. Why? Well, because I feel there's a need to reintroduce some other key foods, things like probiotic fermented foods for great gut health and some good fats, high quality nourishing animal products for great nutrients, which are just hard to find on a plant only or a vegan diet. So vitamins like B12, which anyone who's a vegan or eating plant-based will know, yeah, I need to supplement with vitamin B12. But there's also other nutrients that are very hard to get enough of through a purely plant-based diet, which I outline in the book. So vitamins like vitamin K2, D3, and then your other fat-soluble vitamins like A and E. The other thing is that the carbohydrates, I believe now, are too high in this diet. So unless you are doing competitive sporting events, unless you're really doing a lot of endurance training or um, explosive anaerobic training, sprinting, that kind of stuff, then there's just too many carbs in this diet. Now, if you are fat adapted, then you don't need this level of carbohydrates, even if you are doing sporting events. But that's a topic for another show. I'll explain what being fat adapted is at another time. But um, so yeah, I would say there's too many carbs in this diet unless you are doing competitive events like marathons and things like that. So to be clear on this, I no longer advocate a high-carb, low-fat, plant-based vegan diet over the long term. That's the premise of this book. And as I say, for 21 days, that is great. And you'll probably get some wonderful results following that. But over the long term, I do not promote a plant-based vegan diet. And I do not promote any more high-carb, low-fat. But rather a low-carb high fat diet. So why the switch? Why have I changed my view on this? Well, quite simply, I'm not um, I'm not someone who's dogmatic in my views. If some new information comes to my attention and makes me think that, okay, I was either wrong on this or it needs, my viewpoint needs adjusting, then I'm quite happy to do that. I think researchers and people who are saying things publicly should be able to, in humility, admit when they had something wrong because otherwise there's a degree of a, a lack of integrity and we're not holding our audience's welfare and benefits in highest regard so I was wrong on that viewpoint that high carbohydrate is best in the last few years I've discovered the works of notable researchers and doctors like Gary Torbs, Nina Teicholtz Tim Noakes, all writing on the benefits of saturated fats. Now, I was wrong on this quite simply because the vegetable oil industry spends billions of dollars on advocating the fact that they have these heart healthy products like margarines and they are better for our health and that high cholesterol is a bad thing and saturated fat promotes heart disease and high cholesterol. That 
is an erroneous viewpoint. Now, you might think that that's, that's a true viewpoint. You might think that what I'm saying now sounds ludicrous, but there are books out there. There's research being done which shows that this is a big convoluted um, area that is um, being hidden from the public um, and the public's being misinformed about, whereas actually saturated fats are good. So as soon as I found that out, as soon as I was convinced on this point, I had to change my viewpoint because the whole basis of me saying get rid of animal fats, get rid of um, saturated fats for the most part, apart from things like coconut oil, which I've always known has been good. The basis of me saying that had gone from underneath my feet, the, the rug had been pulled out. So that led me to look into, OK, if saturated fats are back on the table, <laughs> um, so to speak, then does that mean that there's a distinction between conventional meat and dairy and high quality grass-fed organic meat and dairy? And I discovered, yes, there is. So that was the main reasoning behind my change. Also, I explain more on this about why I switched from a high-carb, low-fat diet to a low-carb, high-fat diet with the reintroduction of some animal products in my controversial episode of Eternal Health, which was episode number 25, which caused a furore amongst vegans and plant-based dieters saying that I'm wrong, I'm a bad person, whatever else. But anyway, you listen to it and make your own views. But that's in episode 25. So other people who I closely have um, learned from in the last few years, the Western A Price Foundation, headed up by Sally Fallon-Morell, Dr. Stephen Finney, Dr. Jeff Volek, Dr. Robert Lustig, all who speak on two things really, fat and sugar, and about how sugar and high-carbohydrate foods have a really negative effect and impact on our blood sugar and insulin levels, and the right types of fats saturated animal fats um, believe it or not are actually heart healthy they promote great health so that's um that's my reasoning for changing so what's the upshot saturated fat is good too many carbs in all forms is bad because our body struggles especially with things like fructose fruit is okay in small proportions but not too much and certainly if we have refined fructose so things like high fructose corn syrup that's a recipe for disaster not that that was advocated in my book but i'm just extrapolating out the um you know the extremes here so to end on this point that I said in the book, um, carbohydrates, are, you know, a high carb diet is better. I also say on page 23 of the book that a ketogenic diet is not good. I would change that. A ketogenic diet, which is low carb, high fat, can be very beneficial for health. But I still stand by what I say about high protein diets. High protein diets aren't good either. So the the sweet spot of dietary macros, if you like, macronutrients, protein, carb, and fat, is higher fat, moderate to low protein, and moderate to low carbohydrate. Okay, so let's move on to the five meals that I mention in my book. So the five meals are a blood cleanser, a vitamin vitality meal, a fat loss sugar meal, a raw alkaline mineral meal, and a hearty cooked fiber meal. So those are the five meals in the alkaline five diet. So let's go through them one by one and I'll explain briefly how I would change these slightly or a lot. Okay, so the first one is the blood cleanser. Quite simply, that stays absolutely the same. So that's your 
wheatgrass juice, your lemon juice first thing in the morning. That is a wonderful thing to have first thing in the morning to set your day up for great energy, great health. So that stays the same. The vitamin vitality meal, I said that this should be 15% of your daily calories and this is your fruit meal. So things like juicy fruit, oranges, apples, pineapple, those types of things, melons, now I would amend that. I would say rather than having lots and lots and lots of fruit or 15% of your calories, I'd recommend one piece of fruit per day. So this instead represents around about 5% of your calories. So I still absolutely recommend green smoothies. I have one of those pretty much every day. My husband has one every day just with less fruit. And I also think that we shouldn't be having fruit juices. So if you're going to juice or if you're going to refine your fruits or process your fruits, have smoothies rather than juices. And I advocate very much smoothies in the book over juices anyway, but you don't want to be having things like orange juice. It's too concentrated a form of fructose. Fructose causes major problems in our body. It doesn't cause a huge insulin response, but it nonetheless causes big problems in the body. Again, that's a whole other topic for another episode, but um, you can look to the work of Dr. Robert Lustig if you want to look at this further at this point. So a vitamin vitality meal, in the book I mentioned that this is a great strategy to overcome unhealthy sugar cravings. So I say in the book, um, if you're craving chocolate, have a piece of fruit. If you're craving ice cream, have a piece of fruit. If you want cakes or donuts, have a piece of fruit instead because it will satisfy that sweet tooth um, and those cravings that you have. And I still stand by that. So obviously choosing a banana or an apple or a slice of melon or some pineapple or some oranges or grapefruits or whatever is much more healthy than donuts fried in vegetable or hydrogenated white refined sugar refined flour so yeah you know common sense says common health sense would say that eating a piece of fruit is better than donuts and cakes so still if you know if you're looking to transition from a standard western diet that is very heavy in the processed foods refined sugars for sure go for pieces of fruit instead of those things but ultimately you know as we improve our diet and move along the path of optimum health an optimum diet then we want to be reducing those pieces of fruit to around about five percent of our calories per day the next meal is your fat loss sugar meal now i wrote this as somewhat facetiously in my book because there was a big at the time bulk against sugar i quit sugar came out i think around about that time the book and my viewpoint at the time was, look, I'm running marathons and dates and bananas are fueling me. I know that when I get to 18 miles, 20 miles and I'm about to hit the wall, a couple of dates, a banana or two boosts my energy no end and I'm able to run again for another 10 miles. So again, um, if you're doing a lot of hard exercise and you're not fat adapted, if you're doing marathons, if you're yeah exercising intently every day, or you know in long periods of time for sure this meal is going to be really good for you a fat loss sugar meal of bananas and dates but for the average person then I would say 
um, don't have 70% of your calories from the fat loss sugar meal, in the book I say have between 10 and 70%, I would now say 10% max should be from things like bananas and dates, dense fruits, which is around about 200 calories a day or less. Why? Because it's better to be burning fat than relying on carbohydrates all of the time. Um, Having too many of of these carbohydrates, as I've mentioned, produces a spike in blood sugar and an insulin response. The only exception being if you're doing a lot of exercise. So instead of lots and lots of bananas and dates, I would recommend avocados and coconut instead. So similar kind of consistency, similar in their calorific value but much higher in fats, much lower in carbohydrates. So avocados and coconuts and some nuts and seeds are wonderful instead of all of that fat loss sugar meal. The next meal is your raw alkaline mineral meal. And I recommended in the book that that should be 5% of your calories. I would up this to 10 to 15%. So these include, or this meal can include steamed and non-starchy greens and veg, as well as in the book I mentioned, raw vegetables. So raw leafy greens, spinach, kale, broccoli, cruciferous vegetables, those type of things. So that I I believe should be higher than 5%. So 10 to 15% calories is great. That means that you're getting all of your potassium that you need in a day. Most people are so potassium deficient. We need 3,000 to 4,700 milligrams of potassium per day. Eating lots of kale and leafy greens will help that. It also is rich in lots of antioxidants and vitamin C and various other things, calcium. So yeah, um, 5% is too low. 10 to 15% leafy greens and veg is better. Moving on to your final meal, the hearty cooked fibre meal. And this was the meal that I said should be from starches and whole grains. So things like potatoes, rice, corn, pasta. And having studied the work of people like Dr. John McDougall and Neil Barnard, then this made a lot of sense to add this in. But I said between 10 and 70% of your calories should be from this meal knowing what I know now from all the fat researchers or those guys and people like Timothy Noakes who've also switched their view from high carb low fat to low um, low carb high fat I would say 10% max of your calories should be from a hearty cooked fiber meal so again around about 200 calories per day or less So with these five meals, before all these five meals added up to 100% of your daily calories, now if you tot up my revised proportions, it only adds up to about 35 to 40% of your daily calories. So where should the rest of your calories come from, you might wonder? Well, they should come from daily probiotic and lacto-fermented foods. And I'll do another um, show at some point soon on that. So Yeah, these foods which are going to restore your gut microbiome, it's going to prevent and help things like leaky gut, Crohn's disease. It also has a great effect on your psychological well-being by restoring your gut. So foods that are in this category are things like sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, kefir, raw dairy, those types of things. So we want to be including some of those foods each day, not a huge amount, but maybe a little bit at each meal. And then the other things, so the majority of your calories should be coming from high quality 
fatty foods. So things like pasture-raised, organic meats, dairy. If you can get raw dairy, go for it. Great. Because then you've got all the spectrum of probiotics and, and nutrients which haven't been pasteurized away. Eggs, so free-range eggs, wild-caught fish, and then other plant-based fats such as avocado, nuts, and seeds. So those are the main changes that I would make to my book, The Alkaline 5 Diet. And just to relate these to the 12 diet principles that I now advocate, and I outlined those in episode number 25 of Eternal Health, so do go and listen to that at some point. Only three of those 12 principles represent any change compared to what I've put in my book. So all of the food things that I say not to eat, so that I call these the no list, you've got the no list and the go list, so the things not to eat and things do go and eat. So all the things on the no list stays the same. So no white refined sugar, no vegetables of any kind, no GMOs, no soy, no pesticides, chemicals or hormones, no pork or shellfish, and no or low gluten. So that all stays the same. The only things that have changed that are new in my 12 diet principles are two of the five things on the go list. So go and do, go and eat. And they are um, daily probiotic and lacto-fermented foods to, to eat. Second thing being daily high-quality meats, fish, eggs, or dairy foods. And they have to be organic and pasture-fed. So that's on the go list. And then the third thing is to keep carbs fairly low. So I recommend between 25 grams and 200 grams of carbs daily. So keep the carbs low and the good fats high, especially saturated animal fats. So those are the only things that have changed those three things. So let's wrap up. What are the benefits of these changes that I've made since writing the Alkaline 5 diet? Well, the benefits of embracing a more high fat, lower carbohydrate diet and making these tweaks to the five meal plans that I advocate will result in the following. Accelerated fat loss, burning more body fat than dietary carbohydrates because think about it, it makes more sense. We've got a lot of body fat on our bodies and only a limited amount of dietary carbohydrate that we can store in our bodies at any one time in the form of glycogen. So it makes sense to be more fuel efficient by burning body fat as necessary than just relying on carbohydrates. You eat less, and that's one of the things that people kept saying to me, feedback from the book, there's a lot of food, too much food to eat, which you know is quite a nice problem to have, having too much food to eat. Um, but this diet will mean that you eat less volume but more decadent, more satisfying food. So things like butter, full fat cream if you want it, whole fat milk and yogurts, meat that is not skinless, fatless, you know, meat with the fat on, lamb joints and things, things like that, really tasty foods. It also means that you don't have to go vegan. The majority of people that I speak to and have bought my book say that they don't want to go completely vegan. So meat and dairy are perfectly acceptable as long as it's well-sourced and is high quality. So pasture-raised, organic meat and dairy. This way of eating will regulate your two hunger and satiety hormones, ghrelin and leptin. So the hormone ghrelin says, I'm hungry, eat. And the hormone leptin says, 
I've had enough stop so it will make sure that those two are still um, working really really well this way of eating will also stabilize your blood sugar and prevent insulin resistance so in episode 26 I talked about type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance Um, so there's more details on that in there but just to say that this way of eating will prevent these big blood sugar spikes and insulin responses so the final point I want to make really is that in my book, I the majority of the book talks about a, a seven-point framework and goes through the various aspects of this seven-point framework for optimum health, healing and weight loss. And to say that everything in that framework, so things like getting good sleep and balancing rest, having a positive mindset and good emotions, eliminating acidic toxins around the home, all those things stay absolutely exactly the same. I've been coaching on this framework for 10 years. It works really well. If you want to have a copy of that framework, I will leave it in the show notes at laurarimmer.com forward slash EH027. So let's round up then. Let's do a, a recap and conclusion here. So the Alkaline 5 diet, as I have written it and as is in the book that you can buy that is a great diet to help you eliminate refined sugar eliminate toxic vegetable oils genetically modified foods fast foods and processed foods so if you're looking to do any of those things this is a great book to get to help you do that and let's be honest those are the top problems that we have in our diet and with Um, with our society and our society's health in this day and age and those are things that cause degenerative disease and getting rid of those things are the things that is going to promote great health and the reversal of disease so sugar vegetable oils gmo foods fast foods processed foods so if you're looking to you know make some positive changes there my book the alkaline five diet is a surefire way to be able to do that this way of eating can be thought of as a detox plan for sure. So if you're looking to do a detox or a cleanse, Alkaline 5 Diet will help you do that. So you can do this diet for 21 days up to a few months and you will expect to see some good results in those 21 days. You can lose weight, you can improve your skin, digestion, increase energy levels on this diet and ease certain health conditions. So I have many, as I mentioned, many written and video testimonials to show that People who've reversed high blood pressure, have better mental clarity, lost weight, got rid of acne, had much better energy, reduced uh, Crohn's disease and things like that. But at some point you want to move on to adding restoring, nourishing and feeding foods. So these are these are the protocols I coach on now. So adding in as well as these cleansing foods, restoring gut healthy foods probiotic foods nourishing animal products and fats high quality fats that are going to feed you over the long term so the diet i recommend long term is no longer high carb low fat but is high fat lower carbohydrate for optimum health stabilizing blood sugar and preventing and reversing metabolic disease and insulin resistance as i've mentioned in episode 26 on diabetes so the alkaline 5 diet can be thought of as a cleansing detox to reset your body and health in the short term just like daniel in the bible 
So in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel requested to eat only vegetables for a while and he looked and felt better than all the people eating meat and decadent food around him. This was a cleansing fast and we should approach eating plant-based foods in the same way. And then finally, really to say is that the seven point framework for optimum health, healing and weight loss in my book stays the same. This addresses the other areas alongside diet that will lead to optimum health, things like balancing sleep and rest. So if you don't currently have a copy of my book, then you're welcome to get one from my website, laurarimmer.com forward slash book. Take a look there. There's a free chapter you can download. It's freely available in major bookshops and on Amazon and is translated into various different languages. I know for certain Italian, Polish, German. And if you want help coaching and eating a natural diet, so full of lots of leafy greens and vegetables, these alkalizing foods, some fruits, high quality meats, dairy, nuts and seeds, in order to overcome sugar cravings, balance your blood sugar, balance your hormones, increase your immunity, prevent diabetes and potentially cancer, and lose lose weight quite rapidly and sustainably, then do reach out because I offer one-to-one and group coaching programs at differing levels to suit your needs and um, your level of accountability and support. So we'll leave it there for today. Show notes are at laurarimmer.com forward slash EH027. And I would just want to say here in relation to my faith on this topic, I think that it shows God's providence in this that my book came out on Easter Day 2015 and on 2018 Easter Day, exactly three years later, my podcast was released on why I'm not vegan anymore and that caused a huge stir. I was downloaded over 2,000 times in five days and I did not orchestrate that. I didn't mean for that to go out on Facebook, on YouTube. It just, I uploaded it and my Facebook account just populated. So I think God's hand was in that, directing that that course of events. And, you know, the timing there, exactly three years to the day on Easter day shows that, um, that God has a plan here, I think. So that also has been a major thing in my progression with diet and health. Obviously, prayer, seeking God's wisdom, seeking God's wisdom in the Bible and in prayer and with my husband and with other people around me as well and this is where God has led me. So it's an exciting development and one that you would do well to heed as well and if you want more information then by all means look to the people that I've mentioned, people like Dr. Jeff Volek, Timothy Noakes, Stephen Pinney, Gary Torbs, Nina Tyshots. I'll leave their names in the show notes for you. So I'm going to leave you today with some selected verses from the book of Daniel from scripture, Daniel 1, which is in relation to Daniel eating just vegetables that I mentioned earlier. So this is from Daniel 1 to 16 selected verses. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, the chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skilful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. 
they were to be educated for three years and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favour and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, test your servants for ten days, let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode of Eternal Health. Have a great week and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to laurarimmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.